this is it. It's time for the Where Is It Now Geocaching Podcast, where you can escape the muggles in your life for almost, but not quite, 30 minutes. This podcast is sponsored by the Four State Geocaching Society and was recorded at Digital Planet Studios near Joplin, Missouri. Now let's welcome our host, Where Is It Now? believe it it's already episode number 11 i am really excited to keep doing these podcasts and i'm excited to meet more geocachers around the country and around the world would you like to be a guest on the podcast we'd love to talk to you there's three ways to contact us one is call the recording studio that's a nashville number 615-256-9460 and leave us a voicemail and we'll connect that way. Or you can go to Facebook and join the Facebook group, the Where Is It Now Geocaching Podcast. And lastly, you can send an email to info at fourstategeocachingsociety.com. And that number four is a number. Okay. So reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Not too long ago, my wife and I decided to start playing golf again. Now, we are not good golfers, but we used to play and we thought we're just going to do this one more time. And we went out and we joined a couples league. And basically what happens is each Friday night at six o'clock, they pair couples together randomly and you play a scramble, a four person scramble. And it's fun. It's only nine holes. It only lasts you know, about an hour, hour and a half. And we have a great time. Last night we got all ready to go and we called in just to make sure our reservation was in. And they said, oh, no golf tonight. We're doing something else. Well, crap. So we went and had dinner. And after dinner, I said, you know, it would be fun. Well, you guys know, let's go get a geocache. Well, if you know my wife's geocaching name, which is He Made Me, then you realize that she kind of made a face, not a happy face, just a, oh crap, another geocache, she caught me. And I had her in the car, so where could she go? Also, one of our daughters was in the back seat and she said, geocaching, let's go, let's go find it. So we got in the car and we headed out to a geocache that I had spotted that was about 15 miles from our house. Now for me, that's a really short drive. But that brought about groans from he made me. She wasn't excited about going 15 miles each way to get a geocache. The name of the geocache was the Abandoned Birdhouse. And that's GC8E as in Eric, V as in Victor, JP as in Paul, if you want to just take a look at it. And it's a 4-2, and I was concerned for two reasons. One is, this is in front of someone's home. It's a residential cache, and also it's a four and a two. And I just thought, I hope this isn't out in deep grass or on their front porch. Who knows? So we got started on the on the trip. And as we got further and further outside of town, I realized this wasn't going to be residential. This was going to be more of a country cache on somebody's property. So we headed out and it was real easy. The directions were good. We pulled up in the driveway and we could instantly see what we were looking for because guess what? On a fence pole, there was a beautiful birdhouse. And my compliments go out to the owners of this, Country Boy Cian, 
because it's really well done. I don't know if you bought it or you made it, but it was very nicely done. I got out of the car. My wife, he made me, got out of the car. And I'm just looking at it because it's kind of deep grass to get to the fence. And as I've mentioned over and over again, I'm highly allergic to bug bites. It's not good. And so I was just standing there looking at it. And he made me was looking at it. And she looked at me and she looked at it and she looked at me and she said, aren't you going to go get it? And I looked back at my daughter and she never got out of the car. And so I kind of teased her until she got out. And she said, fine, I'll go. Now, she's as allergic to bugs as I am, evidently. I didn't know that. But uh, she kind of tromped out and looked at the, at the uh, container, at the cache. And she immediately found that we needed a tool. And it even says that in the hint. I, I found the, the tool very quickly. It was easy to spot, but well hidden, if that makes any sense. And I gave it to her, and she finally got it open. And we got the cache open, and it was full of ants. And I learned something new about my daughter and my wife. They're terrified of creepy, crawly ants. Not from a distance, but that if they would touch them. So we got the container open. It was a little tricky, but we got it open. And immediately, ants fell all over my daughter's arm. And they're crawling up her arm. And she's kind of trying to blow them off and still grab the log book. And it's kind of something I wish I had a videoed. Even my wife said, I wish we had a video of this because it was hilarious seeing her jumping up and down, blowing on her arm, trying to get the log book and do everything at once. She did get the log book and uh, she doesn't geocache. So he made me and I stamped and signed the log book. And when it came time to put it back, no one wanted to go back because I didn't want to get in the tall grass. Uh, he made me didn't want to go near the ants and our daughter refused to go near the ants. So we're standing about three feet away and my daughter said, we'll just let the owners put it back. Well, we can't do that. We can't leave a really nice gadget cache just wide open uh, to the elements and to anybody that would drive by. So finally, after a little bit of prodding and whatever, I went back in and we got the thing closed with the help of two or three of us and headed out. It was a really good cache. Like I said, congratulations to the people that put that there. It was uh, out on the on a country road. It was paved. And their house, I'm sure, was close by, but you couldn't really see it. So I didn't feel uncomfortable like I would at a residential cache. Uh, but I really, really enjoyed it. I gave the cache a favorite point and... Uh, we headed home, and now as I'm recording this, I was looking at the geocache online, and for some reason, my log didn't get posted, but my wife's did. So I left a new log today, and uh, I'm sure glad that I took the time to look. It must mean, though, have you ever done this? I must have logged the wrong cache, because I know I logged something. So either I've got to go find a cache that I didn't find yet, or I just need to delete my log on that one. Okay, why did I even talk about that? Because every road leads to geocaching. We went to go golfing, but did we golf? No. Did we geocache? Yes. And if you have a wife like mine that just thinks, I don't want to say what she thinks, but she doesn't like geocaching really. 
there are ways to trick them into it. Maybe the best way for you guys, if, if you haven't tried it, is to sign you and your wife up to a couple's golf scramble and then tell her it was canceled and go geocaching. I don't know. Let's see if we can find a guest to talk to. Okay, so I have to confess that last recording was almost a week ago when I was sitting in the studio and I was I thought I had logged the birdhouse cache and I hadn't, so I logged it online. And the second I logged it, I got a message back on geocaching.com saying, we love podcast and we love geocaching and they wanted more information. And I was gonna have them on as guests and honestly, we spent days and days kind of in between messages and it just didn't work out this time. So I reached out to our friend Viking Chris and asked him to come over and he's in the studio today. Viking Chris, thanks for coming. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely, glad to have you here. So why don't you start out by telling us where you got your name? Sure, I'm from Minnesota and I'm a big Viking fan. And my name is Chris, so just kind of put them together and came up with Viking Chris. When you say you're a fan of the Vikings, do you mean the football team or like the medieval Vikings? The football team primarily. I follow you on Facebook and we're also uh, friends on geocaching.com and I noticed you just took a long trip and I couldn't help but notice that you were kind of talking about camping in your car. So why don't you talk a little bit about that trip and where you went and what it was like in that car because dude, you have a small car. Yeah, it's a little Honda Fit. It folds out, folds down flat though, and you can move the seats up. So there is actually quite a bit of room, and it's higher than one would think. So I was able to put an air mattress in there, and I like it better than sleeping in a tent. I went through, stayed at the state park in Kansas, at Wilson State Park the first night, and then traveled down to Colorado and stayed at 11 Mile State Park. And I grabbed some of the more popular gadget caches along the way. And then went to Terrio, the oldest geocache in Colorado, and got that one. Was that in the park, 11 Mile Park, or whatever you called it? It's just a short ways away. I know before the podcast started, we were talking about your trip, and you said that you were trying to finish your challenge. Talk about that a little bit. Oh, yeah, some people call it the fizzy grid. It's the, trying to find a cache that's been hidden every month of every year since geocaching started. And I had two months left, and so Terrio in Colorado was one month that I needed, and I got that one, and so I have one month left to get. Dang. What do you have left? I think it's July of 2000, and there's only three of those in the United States, and they're pretty spread out. There's one in Utah, and there's one in Georgia, and there's one in Michigan. So I have to go to one of those three places. That's a long haul, no matter which one you choose. Yeah, it'll probably depend on the time of year, which one I go for. Now, I've been to several of your events. In fact, I think that's the first time we ever met. Uh, you've done a lot of events for uh, the number of caches that you found. Yeah, I enjoy doing events, meeting new geocachers and old alike, and learning about new geocaches in the area. I started doing a Pi Day event and I thought that was just a neat little semi-holiday to do something for. And then 
I became friends with the owner of Bookhouse Cinema in Joplin, and they have a great place to host movies. So I did the Geocaching International Film Festival there a couple of years, and then another uh, movie event there as well. So what's next? Have you got any more events planned? Yeah, I have one of those community uh, celebration events, and I'm considering doing that at Pi Day since that's how I kind of got started doing events. Well, that's still several months off, so you have time in case you want to change your mind. I look forward to your next event. I want to thank you for coming in and stepping in at the last minute to fill the last part of this podcast. I totally want to have you back for a more in-depth discussion about all things geocaching. Thanks for coming today, Chris. Oh, thanks for having me, and I'd love to come back again sometime. Thanks for joining us today, everybody. On our next episode, we're going to geocache like it was 1999. See you later.